Welcome to the Project Management Show with your host, Scotty Bud Melvin. This podcast features renowned project management professionals. They'll be sharing their insights on what it takes to achieve project success and their lessons learned along the way. Now, with another Project Management Show, here's Scotty Bud Melvin. Hello, and thank you for checking out the Project Management Show. Today, brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems, a better way to create weekly activity reports. You can find them at bravoreporting.com. And, of course, make sure to check back from time to time for more Project Management Show podcasts at projectmanagementshow.com. And today, our guest is Michael Parker, the founder and president of BlackRock Resources. They specialize in providing professional staffing and consulting services to the domestic energy industry. He has successful track record in uh, recruiting and placement of project management professionals in both large companies and startup firms during his career. Michael's a Pittsburgh native. Also, BlackRock Resources, in case you didn't know, has been a feature sponsor of several Project Management Show podcasts. So we thank him for that. And welcome, Michael Parker. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, right on. We're going to talk all things project management. And uh, before we get into the meat, tell us a little bit about yourself, your entrepreneurial journey, and uh, how you came to specialize in staffing of project management professionals. Well, it's a a long journey, but Mm -hmm. I kind of, out of college, my father was an entrepreneur, had his own business. So that's where I got my first taste of what it's like to be around somebody who's worked for himself or started his own business. And then just as I finished up the school and got into, at the time, it was the Y2K boom. And there was a company here in Pittsburgh that was specialized in IT staffing. And it's a great way to make a living at the time. After doing that for a few years, moved out west to California, where I hooked up with a guy who who specialized in project management consulting Mm -hmm. and was able to help that guy take his company, grow it. He sold it. At that point, things changed for me. I got an opportunity to go off on my own and start my own company. And since then, I've been running fast. And so how did you end up then specializing in the oil and gas industry? So when I was in California working in the project management space, mm-hmm. and this is where we were not in, in Los Angeles. Okay. I was out of, of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so we did big government-funded science projects. We'd come in, we implement project management, project controls, planning, scheduling, earned value management systems. And I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area. My wife and I, after having two children in Southern California, decided that's not where we wanted to raise the kids. And so we both moved back, uh, obviously, to the uh, Pittsburgh region where we're both from. When I moved back into Pittsburgh, the newest, fastest growing industry was this natural gas Marcellus Shale industry, and they needed expertise in project management, planning, scheduling, project controls, budgeting, forecasting. And so I kind of parlayed my project management and staffing experience with this new oil and gas business in Pittsburgh. And ever since then, we focused and specialized in it. I've got other industries that I'm well-versed in, but for me at the time, I felt like being a specialized niche market company dedicated and focused to my clients would allow me to kind of strengthen my position in the industry. That's what I've done, focused on the energy markets, but it was basically the move back to Pittsburgh and the timing associated with the natural gas discovery and boom that we've been experiencing here allowed me to kind of get into that industry. Sure. All right, so over the years, uh, I'm guessing maybe you've had a mentor or two or somebody that you've learned from you want to mention? 
Well, you know, I've had many. I mean, I wish there was one that I can point to and say this was the guy that got me here. But obviously, starting off with, I had work coming out of school, working with my dad. I got to learn a lot of things, what not to do. I got to see all the mistakes he made, which was great. When I moved out to California working for a small private firm, there was a guy named Richard Fisher who kind of took me under his belt and uh, learned quite a lot from him. And then Richard got me introduced to guys like Bill McBay, David Scott, and others who are pretty well known in the planning, scheduling, project control space. I'm a little bit of a sponge and have taken in quite a bit over the years from some of these guys. No one particular guy has helped me all, all along the way. I've kind of jumped from one to the next, but they've all been influential and helpful and appreciate all their support. Sure. All right. So what do you think are some promising career paths in the project management space? And also let's talk about what background and skills would you and some other employers be looking for? Let's take the second one first. I'll talk about skills, Mm -hmm. and then we can talk about some of the career paths. But when you talk about skills and you're talking about what's going to separate you from somebody else, say, that's in the same industry or space that you're in, the people skills are the ones that really set you apart. Universities are cranking out kids left and right. They're all well-educated. They're all well-trained. Now with the globalization of companies, you don't see kids coming out of school and spending 20 years at one organization. And so you see a lot of cross-training between jumping from one company to the next. So really what it comes down to is your people skills. I mean, do you have the ability to go into group settings, lead a team? Are you comfortably being put up on stage in front of groups? Are you a good speaker? So there's a lot of people skills that they're not necessarily taught in a classroom setting. Uh, You can certainly sharpen them with certain techniques and training and classes, but you really have to be aware of the person you are when you're integrated into a team and how you are going to contribute to that team, both positive and negatively. Those are the attributes and skill sets that I think a lot of people kind of brush over and they don't spend the time in selling them and they don't spend the time focusing on them. And so I would say those are the definitely the separators for me, especially in the interview process that I'm looking for. I'm wondering in this age of technology where everybody's got their face and their phone all the time, I'm wondering if the younger generation is uh, going to have a problem with those people skills you were talking about? I'm probably a lot more optimistic than I think maybe a lot of other people are. And what I mean by that is I know that the knock on some of this younger generation is that they do have their noses in their phones and they rely heavily on their social media. But you'll be surprised, I think, if you get out and kind of meet some of these younger generations, there's actually quite a few that are good at the people skills. They actually have a lot more ability and tools available to them to integrate into groups, into mm-hmm. socializing the groups. Mm-hmm. Now, they got to get away from relying heavily on the social media, and so they do need to develop personality. But they have more tools than that I had whenever I was younger mm-hmm. in terms of being able to sharpen some of those skills. And so maybe I'm a little more optimistic with this new generation. I've got four girls. My hope is that I'm teaching them, although these tools are great to have, there's nothing better than picking up a phone and calling somebody. There you know, you there's nothing better than calling a meeting and sitting in front of everybody. So I think there is some lessons that they can learn, obviously, from us who've been in the industry. But I'd say that it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see how this all turns out. I am, too, and I've had the same conversation, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about the skills. What about some of the career paths? 
Well, career path, there's so many different ways you can go. And obviously, depending on individuals and how they kind of vision themselves in the space, some have moved towards that technology, meaning that they're much more comfortable interacting with technology. And so if you're going to go that route, you're going to be put into a position where you're I don't want to call you data entry or you don't want to, I mean, or you're going to be put in positions where you're put into a computer or dealing with the technology piece. But I mean, there's a lot of guys that love the technology. They're going to be developing the next generation of tools. They're going to be improving some of the methodologies that we currently use in project management. And then they're going to be working on the tool side of the industry in terms of the technology. The guys that are more people-oriented, they're going to be probably your better leaders. They're going to be moving into more of a management-type position. But in terms of specifics, I personally need a lot of planning and scheduling people, and I don't want just guys and gals that that can sit in front of a computer and plug in information. I need somebody who knows what to do with the information, how to crank out the analysis, how they can support whatever project they're associated with. So planning, scheduling, there's always a shortage. I mean, of really good planning, scheduling people. Mm-hmm. Project managers, there's lots of needs for project management. You're going to start to see the construction industry, some of the infrastructure projects coming up. You're going to start to see that to pick that industry pick up. So if you like construction, there's going to be plenty of construction-related type projects on the way. And then as far as the, some of the skill sets that we've kind of been teaching in terms of the project management methodology, we're seeing a lot of newer industries adopting some of the methodologies that have been developed out of the aerospace, defense, and science industries. They're now being brought into healthcare, IT, they're being applied to some of those organizations. And so there's a need for people to kind of cross over and take some of that project management methodologies and skills and apply them to some of the new industries. Mm -hmm. Just to talk a little bit about the oil and gas industry or the energy industry, what we've done and what we've seen at least is a lot of this oil and gas has kind of been old school in terms of the way they manage projects up until the past five, 10 years. And they're really now starting to implement what I would say more rigid project planning, scheduling, and control systems in order to improve their project successes. You can't just simply throw money at a project like you used to in the past. I mean, now these capital projects that the industry's putting out there, they're more controlled than they've ever been. You're seeing even industries that have been around for a long time starting to implement some of the methodologies that have been out there for a while. So a lot of exciting stuff going on. You're going to start to see the construction industry, obviously the energy industry starting to return. It's very, in terms of like the oil, gas or energy industry, there's ups and downs and we're starting to see a little bit of an upturn at this point. How about throwing out some of the salary ranges for some of these positions we're talking about? Sure. So that's the interesting thing. So salary ranges in this industry really range all over the board. Even though you might see some trends in salary ranges, there's really no rhyme or reason to some of it as well. So what I would tell you is this, is that it's supply and demand driven when it comes to salary ranges. Right now, salaries are starting to increase in terms of what you can expect. So Just taking, let's say, a a planner scheduler. I've got planner schedulers that work for me, and they range anywhere from 55 bucks an hour up to 95 to 100 bucks an hour. 
what makes one different than the other. It's all project-driven. Some projects, larger budgets, larger projects need to have planning and scheduling support. You know, they're looking for the best of the best, and so they're going to pay for them. Smaller projects with smaller budgets may be able to get by with somebody a little less experienced, and they're willing to pay less for that person, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we've seen it all over the board, but I've seen from an hourly standpoint to a salary range, a lot of the people in my space are usually on contract because projects all have a beginning and an end. So mm-hmm. they come in and they support the project, and then once it's over, they move on to the next one. And then it's usually some type of hourly plus per diem. And a lot of us in the business are also providing full benefit package. I've got cost analysts at 60 to 70 to 80 bucks an hour. I've got planning scheduling from 60 to 90 bucks an hour. We have project managers, 90 to 120 bucks an hour. And those are generic ranges. By no means does that mean somebody is going to be you know, held into that range. They could be higher, they could be lower. How about uh, PMP? Let's talk about that. How important is it to have a project management professional certification? Well, I think it's important, especially for the new generation of project managers. I mean, I definitely think that you know, if you're coming out of school, I think it's important to go take the extra step, get your PMP, and have it on that resume. If you've been doing this for 20 years and you don't have your PMP, you don't need it. It's a great thing to have on your resume for some of the younger guys. But, I mean, if you've been doing this for 20 years, I don't think you need to go back to get it. I mean, your resume speaks for itself. The PMP certainly does not change any of those skills and experiences that you have. So depending on where you are in your career, if I were to be consulting or providing any type of advice, I'd say, you know, if you're coming out of school or if you've been in the business five years or so, I'd say go get it. I think it's a great certification to have. But by all means, if you've been doing it for a long time, you don't need to run back and get it. I think the people that have been around for 20 years, it's not important. How important is it to have tools expertise? For example, if a person Person knows Microsoft Project but doesn't have experience with Primavera, does that matter? Well, I would tell you this. I'd say it shouldn't matter, but it does. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that in terms of a competitive market, if one of my customers' clients is using a specific tool and they're relying on me to provide resources for that project, they want those resources and individuals to have experiences on those tools. Projects typically don't have the learning curve that you need for first-time users on tools. When you're working on a project and that project has a 12-month duration, they want guys that can kind of come in, hit the ground running, and get moving. So do I think if you didn't have a specific tool that you couldn't learn it and do the job? No, I definitely think there's room for anybody out there to get into the space, learn the different tools, and apply them and use them. But I can tell you it does matter at the end. When my customers want certain people and they're using specific products and tools, they're going to want to see that on a resume and they're going to want it displayed on the job relatively quickly. Now, the nice thing is is if you're using a Microsoft project or a Primavera or an Ecosys or, you know, something, if you're using any of the tools that are out there, the differences between them, even though they could be significant, it doesn't change how you go about doing the work. Typically, if you have experience in one of the primary project management-related tools, the crossover in the learning curve is much smaller than somebody kind of out of the gates who's never touched one of the primary tools in the industry. 
I would tell you this, if you're in this space and you're relying heavily on a tool that you've used, even if you've been doing it for 20 years and you're not aware or paying attention to kind of what's going on, you could get passed up by somebody who's a little more on top of the game and keeping up with technology. Technology pushes the industry and certainly the tools that are out there and the ones that are in development be aware of them, you know, and even get a hand on it and play with it, I recommend doing it. That's what I'd tell you about tools. At the end of the day, you hire people, you don't hire tools, but my clients and customers, they want both. They Mm -hmm. want the person and the tool. Sure. I can see that. All right, let's take a quick break. We're talking with Michael Parker, founder and president of BlackRock Resources. We'll take a quick time out here and come back and finish our conversation. Today's project management show brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems. This episode of the Project Management Show is brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems. Communication within a project team is a constant challenge, and results-driven managers know the importance of staying in touch with what is being accomplished and where the issues are so they can focus on the key action items. The Bravo Reporting System is a web-based application designed to take the pain out of creating and assembling activity reports. Bravo is a fast, efficient way to enter accomplishments, issues, and action items. And with a simple click of the button, all the data from each employee is assembled into a perfectly formatted document. For more information or to start your free 30-day trial of Bravo, visit bravoreporting.com. And as a project management show listener, just enter the promo code PMSHOW for a 20% discount. And we're back with Michael Parker, the founder and president of BlackRock Resources, talking all things project management. Let's talk about advice here. What would you have uh, advice-wise for somebody looking to get started in uh, project management or maybe uh, a recent graduate or somebody actually looking for a career change? Boy, Boy, I can give you a lot of advice. So let's start, I guess, with somebody coming out of school. We interview and we talk to lots of young people coming out of school, and I know they're very eager to get into the workspace. They're very excited about their first job, second job, and I know they want to make an impact. So there's lots of things that they want to do, you know, coming out of school. I would say this. It's probably best you take the time and think about your path, come up with a plan, Think about the types of companies you want to work with, the people that you'd be most interested in working with, and so that you have a great positive experience coming out of the gate. I know everybody wants that first job coming out of school, and I think that sometimes people just want to jump on the first opportunity. And so I would say this. I'd say take your time. Make sure you have some sort of idea, plan before you just run off. Coming out of school, lots of opportunities for kids, but I can tell you the competition is real. There's lots of kids coming out of school. And if you're in a career where you can see the industry rapidly changing and it's not in your favor, meaning let's take, for example, in the energy industry and you've been working in a coal industry for 15, 20 years. Well, we're moving away from coal, obviously, and we're moving towards other alternative energies. And you know that, hey, you want to work another 20 years, it's probably better I start moving away from that that coal company or coal industry. There's a lot of industries that kind of match up well with that, with the coal industry. Stick with those industries. Try to go to another energy type of company. Try to find some similarities. And then certainly you want to obviously sell all your successes. When I talk to candidates prior to interviews, and they want kind of advice on how to successfully navigate the interview process, 
there's two big things that I think people forget. I mean, they go in with their nice resumes and their background experience and their skill sets, and all of those things can be put down on paper and kind of so-called measured. And I could take two resumes side by side and say, you know, this lady here has got 10 years of experience, this one has nine. So you can kind of measure those things. What I'm looking for in an interview process is I'm looking for personality. I want to see how they're going to integrate into my team. I want to know somebody who is going to bring a certain component to my team. Are they going to integrate well? Are they going to work well with who I already have in place? And then the second thing is that no matter what your skill set is, you know, whether you're a project manager, whether you're a technical person, whether you're an uh, administrative person, you have to sell your value. And salespeople are really good at this. I mean, like, so salespeople come in interviews and they can say, hey, listen, I brought $10 million to the bottom line of your company. You know, you're going to pay me X amount of money and I'm going to generate $10 million worth of money. Well, that same concept should be applied to your project managers, your technical people, to your administrative people. A project manager when they sit down and talk to a potential hiring manager, they should know what kind of money they saved their last project. Did they come in under budget? Were they able to make some decisions along their project that was financially beneficial to their company? What successes did they have in terms of, it could be anything from their hiring processes to their technical processes to their management processes. What are those things that were beneficial to their previous company that allowed that company to be successful and deliver their projects within budget and on time? What I'd say is know how to sell your value to a company. Lots of companies, both private and public companies, they measure their success in terms of revenues, profits. That's what stockholders and people are looking for. I'd say as a candidate, try to find ways to incorporate that into your interview process so that you can justify whatever compensation you're looking for. The higher the compensation, the more value obviously you want to bring to your potential new employer. It's great that you've got a lot of credentials and experience and tool sets, but can I integrate you into my team? Personality-wise, are you going to be a good fit for who I already have in place? And then two, what kind of value are you bringing to the organization? Are you bringing any new ideas? Are you bringing any type of skills and personality or concepts or whatever it might be that I can kind of put a, a value on? And then that way, I have another newer way to evaluate you versus another candidate. So those are, I hope that's not too confusing for everybody, but I mean, that if I had you one-on-one -on -one and I had your resume in front of you, I can tell you exactly, hey, you're going to want to highlight this. I mean, this is great for what the corporate mind or the corporate people are thinking about. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the advice is don't rely heavily on just basically a chronological resume that will spell out, you know, I've been here five years. I did these four projects. You know, I have more deeper details in terms of what exactly you've contributed and what have you learned and experienced and what can you bring to me and to my organization. Besides oil and gas, are there any other particular industry sectors that you think are hot right now? Yeah, like I said, I mentioned construction earlier. Obviously, there's been a lot of 
preliminary discussion about what the current administration might do in terms of infrastructure projects. I know there's been some talk about, on a federal level, trying to improve everything from roads, bridges, tunnels, infrastructure projects across the country. I do believe some of that's going to start coming out in 2018. So I would watch for the construction industry to see some improvement. I think that uh, you'll continue to see healthcare making moves. You can apply, or if you have an interest in healthcare and you want to apply some of the project management skills and experience to healthcare, think that through if you haven't done it and see how you might be able to do that. When I say healthcare too, that's including the pharmaceutical companies. When they're going through a new drug trial, they're now implementing project management methodologies to track their drug trials to see whether or not they can use some of these techniques to measure their successes. And so you'll see some of these industries starting to incorporate some of the project management methodologies taught under the PMP and things like that. So you'll see uh, the healthcare industry, construction industry, you're going to continue to see the energy industry make some investments. Right now, the current administration is favorable to the energy industry, and so the window's wide open for them to build their infrastructures out, go after new energy sources. And I'm not just talking about fossil fuels. I'm talking about alternative energies as well. You're going to see a push, at least here in the States, for those industries to expand. And then, of course, depending on what they do in the government sector, and I'm not positive what will happen there, but you might still see some energy and defense spending. I know there's been a lot of talk about having the best national defense on the planet. And so there's been discussions about additional monies being spent on defense spending. If that's an industry that you're in, you should see some benefits from some defense spending. So, I mean, those are the areas that I personally would focus on. But overall, I think you're starting to see the economy turn a little bit, mainly from the current tax policies and corporations bringing money back from overseas, a uh, combination of that with the tax benefits that they're going to get in 2018. So they've got to do something with it. There have been A lot of companies have been sitting on projects that they've been wanting to do for a long time. You'll see some of that show up in, term, in forms of construction. How about uh, emerging trends or technologies uh, that you see? Well, I mean, I'm starting to see, and so for the longest time, there's been a handful of tools that have kind of dominated the industry. And you're starting to see some of those tools being challenged by a new generation of tools. And so depending on what industry you're in, you might start hearing new products and tools that are challenging the industry. You're going to continue to see the larger IT or the larger technical companies, technology companies pushing for more more smart, automated type of systems, you're going to start to see lots of corporations trying to incorporate some type of smart back-end computing system that's going to be doing some of the decision-making. It's a challenge. If you're a project manager and some of the decision-making that you've done over the past 20 years is now being plugged into a formula that spits out an answer and you've got to compete against that, it's difficult for someone who's been doing it for a long time and knows that that, that answer is not going to work. You know, like you have experiences that tell you, hey, that looks great on paper, but I know it's not real. There's a mix of new technologies that they're trying to implement, and yet there's still a lot of great minds out there that 
the experiences are still beneficial. You're looking at people that have been doing it for 20 years and know that those some of those trends coming out of computers aren't going to be the ones that are going to deliver the project for you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about yourself. So, what kind of techniques and tools do you use personally to keep yourself organized? In the staffing world, in my industry, you got to have a good database. You obviously have to have a system that you can track all the resumes and candidates that you may be interested in. We use a online database to help track all of our opportunities, all of our candidates. With a company that has a lot of virtual resources, I'm able to basically hire people anywhere in the country, plug them into my system, give them a cell phone, an internet connection, and they could be an employee of mine. So I'm relying heavily on web-based database systems and web-based applications to help me manage my staff and recruiting process. And there's a lot of them that are out there. And so depending on your organization, we use a product called Bullhorn to help manage our candidate resources, which is a good application, but there's others. I mean, there's lots of good applications out there that we can use. What about quotes? Do you have any inspirational quotes that you like? Well, I'm not a big quote guy, but let me kind of share. When I think of quotes, I think of how I kind of manage how I think. For me, the turning point in my career was taking risk. And so for me, I'm drawn to the quotes that are associated with taking risk. And so there's one that I heard, I had absolutely no idea who came up with it or who said it, but there's one that basically says is, if you take a risk, if you win, you'll be happy. And if you lose, you'll be wise. What I like to think is I know a lot of people want to take educated risk, but I don't think they push themselves professionally, maybe even personally, as much as they could. So for me, I like to take risk. That's how I got to where I am. Well, like I said, I don't know where the quote came from, but I'm drawn to quotes that are around taking risk. Sure. Are you looking to fill any positions? And if so, how can someone get a hold of you? Well, we are. We've got going back to my energy clients. So for the past few years, uh, if you've tracked anything in the natural gas industry, you've seen there's a backlog of infrastructure projects in order to move the gas that's being explored and developed and found. You know, my clients are building pipelines. And with those come facilities, you know, compressor stations, metering stations. And so we're extremely busy in our natural gas pipeline group. The type of people we're looking for, they're planners, schedulers, project controls analysts. I've got document controls. I need field people. So anytime you're building a pipeline, it could be, you know, let's say it's a 150-mile pipeline. They may break that thing up into nine individual projects with nine sites. And so each site has a team of people helping build this thing. So anyways, we're looking for field engineers. We're looking for field cost and schedule people, office administrators, document control Those are the primary ones, but what I run into is that planning, scheduling, project controls, and cost controls, tough to find. Certainly a challenge right now. The market is really starting to dry up a little bit for those type of guys. So I'd say those are areas that I need people. And as far as locations go, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas, they're the majority of the locations where we would have opportunities but it's certainly not the only ones. Give us uh, how they can get a hold of you as well. 
I would say if you want to send me a resume, by all means, email it to me, and I've got a team of people that will get back to you. My email address is mparker, so M-P-A-R-K-E-R, at BlackRockRes. So it's BlackRock and then R-E-S as in Sam, dot com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to give me a call, it's uh, 724-941-4947. Leave me a message if you don't reach me. Like I said, I've got a team of people that will get back to you. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. I do a lot of work on LinkedIn. So, you know, when I'm looking for people, if you're on LinkedIn – Reach out to me and my network. I'll be happy to connect with you. And I think you can just find me, Michael Parker, BlackRock Resources on LinkedIn. Those were probably the best ways. And then the fourth way is visit the website, which we're in the process of trying to get a new one out. That website's www.blackrockres.com. There you go. And we'll leave it there. Maybe we'll find you a new employee today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Even if you're um, somebody that I can't employ for one of my projects, we'd love to still help you out. Reach out to us. If we don't know how to get you into a certain industry or a certain client or customer, we probably know somebody who does. So oh, yeah. it's always great to network and meet new people. It's the number one way to get you back to work. So you if you're looking for a job, network. That's what I tell you to do. Michael Parker, founder, president of Black Rock Resources. We thank you for the time and the information and the conversation today. You're welcome. You bet. And today, Project Management Show brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems. You can find them at bravoreporting.com. Make sure to check back for more Project Management Show podcast at projectmanagementshow.com. My name is Scotty Bud Melvin, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us on The Project Management Show. Here's hoping that your projects are always on schedule and within budget. Catch us next time right here for another Project Management Show.